0: From 180 A.D., you've got Mary taught on three continents that she's the new Eve, she's the second Eve, she's the new mother of the living, and, and that's why many think that it was really an apostolic tradition brought down from Polycarp mm-hmm. to Irenaeus, but this radically shows God's love for woman, mm-hmm. A, and what authentic Christian feminism really is, but B, his love of motherhood.
1: Welcome to the Catholic Theology Show, sponsored by Ave Maria University. I'm your host, Michael Dauphiné, and today we are joined by Professor Mark Miravalli. So thank you so much for being on our show today.
0: A real joy to be with you, Michael. Thank you.
1: Absolutely. And we're going to be speaking today on Mariology, on the theology of Mary. Really, who is Mary and why is Mary? her role so important to a full understanding of God and his plan for our redemption. Uh, now, uh, for listeners who may not be familiar with Professor Miravalli, uh, he has uh, taught for over 30 years at the Franciscan University of Steubenville and has now actually also taught for over, over five years at Maria University, where he currently holds the uh, Bloom Chair of Mariology. And uh, it's one of our uh, one of our more most popular classes uh, is the class on Mariology for our students, and so you teach a whole course on Mariology. And I think today's a great day to let our viewers and listeners kind of get a little like a little window into uh-huh. uh, right the magic of that classroom, and just to kind of step away for a second. Now we know there are, I think right seven great feast days at least in the calendar, to celebrate Mary and her various uh, parts of it. Mary has uh, such a role. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know when you wrote a book back, I think, in 2014 called Meet Your Mother, a Brief Introduction to Mary, uh, published by Marian uh, Press and the uh, Augustine Institute, mm-hmm. uh, you called it, right, Meet Your Mother. Mm-hmm. So why is it that when when we think about all the different things that we can have in terms of understanding mary why would you why would you select uh meet your mother what is it about mary's motherhood that perhaps is maybe the key to kind of unlocking the whole
0: yeah it's a great question michael in fact you know the holy father pope francis did a uh, a book on our lady basically interviews um and it was uh emia madre uh she's my mother that was the answer so uh, Mm um and so you know we're not alone in talking about motherhood i think it is because even theologically everything comes forth from the fact that she says yes to the archangel gabriel Mm -hmm. she becomes the mother of the redeemer and by uh association by by extension properly said she's our mother so yeah there's the prerogatives of our lady which is you know a fancy way of saying the gifts she's received right mm-hmm. so she's she's immaculately conceived she's the perpetual virgin she's assumed into heaven body and soul mm-hmm. but her relationship to jesus and her relationship to us is captured in one word and that's mother and i, I wow. think michael even today mm-hmm. yeah. in in the midst of all the hesitancies from society to accept even objective moral norms about anything,
1: yeah. Perhaps,
0: mm-hmm. perhaps the last existing universal mm-hmm. is an appreciation for motherhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That that at least, I mean, yeah. Soldiers die with the name of their mother on their lips. Mm-hmm. Uh, there still is a general, even though everything else has kind of been debunked in, in many ways. Mm-hmm. There's still a respect for mother, and, and so I think when we use that term for Mary. Uh, no single term better be who she is, in relation to Jesus mm-hmm. and in relation to us, and, and and that's a beautiful thing, right? Because that makes Jesus our brother without us being uh, pretentious. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 really yes. is because we share the same mother as well as our Lord and Savior, of course.
1: Yeah, wow, that's so uh, that's so helpful to kind of take something as visceral, right? In a way, as motherhood, um, something that shapes. Uh, right? Each of our lives, uh, right? And and it is great to see, I think, you know, when, when people, when moms, I have a, you know, uh, three young uh, granddaughters now, and when moms walk around with, uh, you know, young uh, infants, you know, or young children, it's like the initial thing is always this certain sense of appreciation. Uh, You know, almost everyone wants to somewhat, you know, smile, at least for, at least for a little bit until, you know, maybe the kids get unruly or something (laughs) or cry, but, and then it's like, mom, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) but, and, and to think, the, that somehow that our way of entering into God's plan, that, that God created us good, that, that we became wounded and separated due to sin, and God somehow wants to reconcile us to himself as children of God. So, and, and maybe this is a way of, you know, somewhat addressing, I think, you know, when when I first came back to the faith and I had not yet fully come back to Catholicism, I think I was sometimes nervous about the Catholic emphasis on Mary. Mm-hmm. I think some uh, evangelical Protestants can maybe think that this is a little bit unbiblical.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, so clearly God wants to be our father. He teach, Jesus teaches us the prayer of the our father. So then why would we, right, if God's our father, why do we need a mother?
0: Yeah. Well, as you were entering even these other dimensions, which are, you know, far-reaching and and beautiful like creation the fall redemption yeah Uh, it's it's radically true Mm -hmm. that god wanted human cooperation to restore things Mm -hmm. but he did not choose dare i say a pope or a Mm -hmm. bishop or a priest Mm -hmm. or a man he chose a woman why because as the fathers said uh, three things led to that fall you described a man a woman uh, and a tree. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, God, in his omnipotence and in his, his perfect aesthetics, mm-hmm. wants to have those three elements included in the restoration. And that's Jesus, the new Adam, St. Paul refers to him, Mary, the new Eve, and the tree of Calvary. So, we see that from 180 AD, you've got Mary taught on three continents, you know, and this is without obviously any technology. Yeah. That she's the new Eve, she's the second Eve, she's she's the new mother of the living. And and that's mm-hmm. why many think that it was really an apostolic tradition brought down from Polycarp to Irenaeus. Yeah. How else could it get out so quickly? Yeah. But but this radically shows God's love for woman, mm-hmm. A, and what authentic Christian feminism really is, but B, his his love of motherhood. Mm. And so as Chesterton says, you know, uh, we could get kids on trees, right? So that on that tree is a, a red-headed kid, and over there is a, a blonde kid, and you just go, no, he wanted us intimately involved in this creation, and motherhood is quintessential for that. Wow. So there's so much to mm-hmm. say about how biblical this is because this is part of the restoration. Yeah. So when, when Mary says yes to the angel Gabriel, I mean, Saint Thomas would say she's saying yes for all humanity, Mm -hmm. but even from just a biblical perspective, this is the yes that corrects Eve's no, Mm -hmm. and that's why some of the fathers used to say, you know, Eva becomes Ave, you know, even the spelling of the word, Mm -hmm. right? That that her yes makes right what was this human rejection, Mm -hmm. and so it's the ultimate compliment to us as human beings. And to women, that mm-hmm. that God wanted a woman intimately involved in the greatest act of human history, which is our redemption.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's Augustine who says that right, God, who created us without us, uh, chose to not chose not to redeem us without us. Yeah, yeah. Right, wanted Mary's yes, um, Mary's yes to write the archangel Gabriel, right. and yeah. that her fiat. Fiat he's going to to him. This, let it be done to me, according to the word, according to your word, is in a way the echo of God's original creative fiat, and that's what we were meant to do. As God mm-hmm. said, "Let it be," and He created the world. We were meant to say, "Let it be, Lord." Uh, you even hear this in uh, Psalm one eighteen, a great psalm uh, mm-hmm. of eucharistic thanksgiving for mm-hmm. deliverance, uh, which is prayed a lot during the Easter season. Mm-hmm. And it, it has that line in there that this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice in it and be glad. And in a way, it's really saying, right, let this day be Lord. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and I think that's, mm-hmm. that's, such, that's the uh, anti-rebellious right, mode. That, and, and in a way, the thing is, we can't do that on our own. right? It's only in Christ that we're able to say that. Um, and in the beginning of the redemption, right, that Christ is initiating, that Mary uh, is beginning. Uh, one, one other aspect about this, I want to ask two more things about, uh, kind of relating to that. But before we look at kind of how Christ's merits apply to Mary f- first, I, I think the way you're describing Mary as the new Eve, it's very interesting if you think about, you mentioned uh, St. Irenaeus of Lyon, great second century uh, theologian, church father, mm-hmm. who is writing between like 150 and AD, who is a disciple of Polycarp, who is a disciple of John. Well, it's also very interesting in John, in both John 2, when we have the wedding at Cana, and then on the cross uh, in John 19, uh, where in the wedding of Cana, Mary intercedes and asks Jesus as they have no wine, Eventually she says, right, do whatever he tells you. But he says to her, right, woman, what does this have to do with you and me? And then on Calvary, on the cross, right, he says, woman, behold your son and behold your mother. And one thing I began to see is if you see how important the themes of new creation are in the Gospel of John, and there are many of them in seven days and seven days of creation. But one of them is that on the cross, he Goes back to woman, not just Mary, but woman. And you, if you hear that, you begin to hear what's he saying. He's saying woman, Genesis two. You know, Adam call. You know, he says, you know, uh, this is woman uh, that you know that 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 really is at the. She shall be called woman uh, when he sees Eve. And then a little bit later in uh, Genesis three, he calls her Eve and says, you shall be mother of the living. So the language then of woman puts us back in the garden. Uh, and so, in a way, right, this is not, this is very biblical. And of course, it's very fascinating. This is the Gospel of John, and John discipled Polycarp, and Polycarp discipled Irenaeus. So when Irenaeus is talking about this new Eve, it goes right back through the Gospel of John.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and there's so much truth to that word, Gunai, the, the, the woman. Yes. Right. Because the woman of Genesis. Mm-hmm. Is also the woman of Cana, who becomes the woman of John 19, uh, who is also the woman of Revelations 12:1, yeah. who is even the woman of Galatians 4:4. 4, 4. Mm-hmm. And so it's the woman with the God man of redemption. Mm-hmm. So we would think, you know, woman could be a derogatory. You know, I've often often mentioned to the students, if you know, if the parents come on a uh, come and see weekend, and 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 mom says, you know, what about straightening up your room before we go out and visit? I'd feel better about that. And you know, in independence, the student says, you know, woman, what is this to you and to me? My time has not yet come. You know, and it's, it's kind of a pushback, but it's the opposite here. Jesus is identifying Our Lady as the woman of Scripture, and we know at Cana that. He does exactly what she asks. And so there's no sense other than maternal intercession for something fruitful. And that's why St. John Paul II says, Cana becomes the road to Calvary. Her intercession not only intercedes the first public miracle of Jesus, but it intercedes the whole public ministry of Jesus. And that's why great commentators, including people like Sheen, have said, what Jesus is really saying there is, are we ready to go to Calvary? Because if I do this mm-hmm, miracle, yeah. we're going there. And, you know, and both in the Greek and Latin, it's the same thing. You know, could me tibi What to me and to you is what's being asked, not mm-hmm. what does your issue have to do with me? It's not an yeah. adversative. It's mm-hmm. it's it's the new Adam and the new Eve. It's it's the Redeemer and the Co-Redentrix saying, if we do this, this is the fast track. Calvary. So mm-hmm. it's all about the Bible. And by the way, you know, if you have any listeners that would like to get even a, a non Catholic perspective on this, mm-hmm. there's a great book called uh, Mary for Evangelicals mm-hmm. that uh, came out in the early 2000s. And there are uh, two uh, Protestant theologians. And they very beautifully, uh, and I think very uh, courageously, say about the passage we're talking about, about the Annunciation, say, look, don't deny the Catholics the terms co redemptrix and mediatrix because that's what happens at the Annunciation, right? Mm -hmm. Now, they're not going to accept the further ideas, in many cases, of mediating all graces, but you can't deny that Mary uniquely participated with Jesus because Mm -hmm. her yes brings us the Redeemer, and and don't be concerned about her being a mediatrix because she mediates Jesus, the one mediator. So Mm -hmm. even from the first chapter of the New Testament, Mm -hmm. we have these truths about Our Lady's, God appointed and God delivered mediation.
1: Yeah, that's uh, really is. It just it's 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 interesting too because if we think about that sense of mediation, I think sometimes we're not even sure what the word means in part, right? I think sometimes now we use mediators uh, to handle disputes, right? And so we really don't understand the whole notion that that in a way, right? What's happening in you know mediation is that. Uh, it's not, we're not resolving an empirical dispute. We're, we're having the reality of God, right? Uh, that when Jesus Christ becomes the one mediator between God and man, right? We become somehow restored. Pope Benedict in his Jesus and others, wherever Jesus is, Jesus is heaven, right? Because in Jesus, we have creation, humanity, now reconciled perfectly with the Trinity mm-hmm. completely indwelling. And and in a way it would be very strange to have Jesus's restoration of creation in himself, not have any extension, right?
0: Yeah. right? Not have any
1: extension into us and into Mary, right? He didn't come merely to save his own flesh But his flesh is there for the life of the world entering through right mary and then in a way kind of going back all the way back to eve i love all a lot of the orthodox icons that will show uh jesus going down and picking up adam and eve (laughs) rescuing them from the tomb Uh, so mary's mediation in a way is to win back eve so Hmm. with that in mind how would you try to articulate this idea that it's fitting that Jesus's absolutely unique mediation as the the one who is the son of god who has assumed a human nature um, but who truly is lord right. mm-hmm. how would you try to articulate that that unique mediation right is so powerful in a way that it sets the stage for mary's cooperation in that
0: yeah in, in a word michael participation because first mm-hmm. timothy 2 5 and i'm so glad you bring that up because yeah. we've got to go straight out these texts that are um oftentimes uh, misunderstood as being exclusive mm-hmm. so um you know even uh, the the greek term is not monos which is only one and only it's as yeah. which is first of many yeah. So he's the one mediator. He's the first of many. But uh, again, John Paul II is genial on this. He says, look, before 1 Timothy 2.5, what was there? Well, there was 1 Timothy 2.1. And what happens in 1 Timothy 2.1? St. Paul calls us to intercede for one another, mm-hmm. for kings. and Is that not a form of mediation? Yeah. So, But John Paul also says, what is prohibitive about 1 Timothy 2.5? Any concept of an equal parallel or competitive mediation with Mm -hmm. jesus that's blasphemy that's heresy anything that's on an equal level and so when our brothers and sisters who who are not fully catholic think that the catholic church teaches that i think it's a particular dagger to the mother's heart because Mm -hmm. the last thing she would want the absolute last thing is that she's an alternative jesus that the future will purpose Mm -hmm. she's participating in the one mediation of jesus once again, you know this is even in the Old Testament with 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 Miriam, you know the one the one woman uh, named after Mary. She she literally intercedes for Moses, yeah. right? And and uh, follows him down the river. So she she mediates for the one mediator of the Old Testament mm-hmm. at that time. Yes. So here Mary's doing the same thing. She says yes. Mm-hmm. So she mediates the one mediator to us, mm-hmm. and so. It's all about a participation, which Our Lady yeah. does uniquely, but, but critically important, Michael, we all have to do. We all have to participate. Mm-hmm. We all have to make up what is lacking in the sufferings of Christ, Colossians 1.24. We are called to suffer, too. Uh, it doesn't mm-hmm. take us too much time to figure out our three major crosses, right? Maybe mm-hmm. 30 seconds. are mm-hmm. your three major crosses. We're called to offer those too. We're, we're mm-hmm. called to patiently endure them too. We're called to co-redeem with Our Lady as a co-redemptrix. Saint uh, Maximin Colby said, "Anytime you pray for anyone, you're a tertiary mediator in Christ. Jesus, the one mm-hmm. mediator. Yeah. Mary's a mediatrix. We mediate for each other all the time." So. Mesotis in Greek literally means a go-between. But you see, we get a physical idea like, okay, if we're going to mediate you know, uh, someone between us, that means we got to push back. That's physical mediation. Spiritual mediation is the opposite. It means reconciling to without any distancing at all. It is a, it's a complete union of hearts through the intercession of the mediator. That's what the mother does for us and the heart of Jesus and our hearts.
1: That's so helpful the way you describe it in terms of participation. And it reminds me of a line from C.S. Lewis's screw tape letters, letter 18, uh, one of my favorites. He kind of begins to articulate kind of, but he does a little bit of marriage, the Trinity, the theology of the body. He does a little bit of everything in letter 18. But one of the things he says there, he says, the whole philosophy of hell me- is that to be means to be in competition. Mm,
0: yeah.
1: And you can see this at the level of pride, uh, which is competitive, essentially, but then even in a way in our kind of modern mindset where we are very much focused on kind of studying the empirical world that we can measure and touch. And in the you know, empirical world, in the world of kind of scientific observable causes, often, well, if it's one thing, it's not another. You know, so mm-hmm. things are in competition. But on a personal level, on a human level, they're not. But it's very hard for us to see that. So once we begin to see that the, uh, and and it's interesting, Lewis, when he writes that to be means to be in competition is the whole philosophy of hell. He's inversely quoting, as you wouldn't be surprised, Dante, uh, who in the uh, Paradiso uh, says that in here in heaven, to be means to be in love. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And, Right, it's like a family doesn't have less love when there's a wedding, and another person becomes a member of the family. A family doesn't have less love when a child is born. It's just the opposite, actually. Another child is born, the family has more love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, in that sense, right, we don't have less love because of Mary's love, but we have more love. I learn. I love that John Paul II in his. I think it's like, I can't remember the exact title, but it's the one that came out around, I think around 2000 on Mary in the mystery of the rosary. Oh yeah. Yeah. the um, was
0: uh, Virginis Virgin Maria. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. So the rosary of the Virgin Mary. And he says basically that it's like, what we do is we kind of try to see Jesus, not just with our own eyes, but we try to see Jesus with Mary's eyes. And if we think about that on a human level, most of the things we love were introduced to us by another person mm-hmm. and they began to share it. And so when I see how much Mary loves Jesus, I don't love Jesus less, right? I, I learned to say, wow, help me to love Jesus the way you do. Right. Yeah.
0: Beautiful. I mean, uh, imagine if your best friend was coming to town and, mm-hmm. and you'd say, oh, uh, you know, my mom's going to be coming in. Would you like to meet mm-hmm. her? And you and, and he responded, you know, actually, I prefer not to do that because I'm afraid. I'm afraid mm-hmm. that my love of your mom will be in competition with you. Mm-hmm. Well, he'd say, you know, you better... Get some treatment for that. <laughs> that, that that's a that's mm-hmm. a little abnormal, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's this beautiful old uh, maxim. You know, the anima Christiana naturali to Mariana. Right, the, the Christian mm-hmm. soul is naturally Marian. It's natural mm-hmm. that you're going to love the mother of your Savior. I, I no, remember beautifully put. Yeah, I, I remember a a, 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 it was a Catholic convert, in fact, but they grew up in a Pentecostal church, and in this particular case, said so that. She said, when I was a kid, the pastor was a, a, just a happy, delightful guy, except when the Bible passage came to Mary. Mm-hmm. And he got angry and frustrated. And she said, You know, I didn't exactly know who Mary was, but I knew she was a bad person. Mm-hmm. And so you see how, and of course, that's not, you know, universal among our, our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. who are not Catholic, but it, it sees how the, the, the default, the disposition, the connaturality is to love the mother of someone you mm-hmm. love. And so you, you want to naturally love the mother of Jesus, not see her as a mm-hmm. competition. That would be, again, uh, more of an infernal idea rather than a celestial covenant yeah. idea.
1: And this language about to be is to be in love and participation and the cooperation, uh, it does spill over into devotion, right? It makes it very, uh, it's, it's easier. But I think it's also important that when we're talking about this, we're actually talking about this is a theological reality that we need to accept as true, or we remain um, unwittingly in the philosophy of hell, which is to see everything in competition with one another, that this is actually just objectively the case that if creation has in Mary cooperated with the redemption, right? Of course, by God's grace, Uh, you know, and, and by the, you know, the merits uh, communicated through the incarnation, death and resurrection and ascension and sending of the Holy spirit of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, Right. That if that doesn't happen in Mary, then in a way creation becomes is still kind of in its cursed state. And we remain in a cursed state, which means we don't truly become children of God. Right, right, yeah. and and that's right. where you know First John three one, where it says you know um, you know a beloved um, you know for we have been called children of God, and uh, so we are, and mm-hmm. so ironically in a way, if Mary can't be, it's only because we see Mary theologically is mother that we can properly be set in our created state to become children of God.
0: Right, and there's always the challenge, and especially in our profession, Michael, mm-hmm. with, with theology, uh, it, it's got to go from head to heart. Yes, right? yes. If it stops at the head. And this is a rather startling statement by St. Maximilian Kolbe. He said, Who, who's the greatest theologian of all times in terms of knowledge? He says, Satan. Mm. In terms of pure knowledge, Satan knew it all. Mm-hmm. Look where it got him. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. can't be knowledge... Without charity, it can't be the mm. head without the heart, and that's why everything we, we speak of the Mother uh, as part of revelation has to enter the heart in mm. terms of love. And yeah. and I say, you know, for those who perhaps say, "Look, I want to love Mary, but I don't love her. I just mm. I don't have a relationship." Uh, there should be patience, right? Because. Love is an act of the will. That means there's choice involved. It's not just a deduction. So if if one is saying, look, I wish I did love her more, I I, I accept what you're saying, but it hasn't dropped, you know, come come down into the heart, then I think you got to hit the beats. Then then I would direct people to the rosary, because the rosary is a meditation based on truth. I mean, Paul the St. Paul VI says, it's a credo. It's a creed. The rosary is a living creed because you have the 15, now the 20. Greatest elements that summarize the New Testament. I mean, try to do your own summary of the New Testament and not include those 20. It's not going to happen. But it's pondering it with love. And that has a transformative value. I mean, we pray the rosary. History has changed. I mean, it's not just beads for, you know, uh, little widows in the corner it has the power to change the course of human history, and I believe it has, but it certainly has the power to change our hearts, and that's why, especially during the month of May, what a beautiful time to either initiate the practice of praying the rosary mm-hmm. or to restore it. You know, uh, sometimes we we let off on certain devotions we think are important. We get busy, et cetera, you know, legitimate concerns the Mother's Month is a great time to get back to the beads, to to, to return us to the rosary.
1: Well, that's excellent, uh, Mark. And we'll take a break and then let's come back and kind of dive in a little bit more into how the theology uh, informs the devotion and maybe the devotion helps to uh, inform theology. Mm -hmm. You're listening to The Catholic Theology Show, presented by Ave Maria University. If you'd like to support our mission, we invite you to prayerfully consider joining our Annunciation Circle, a monthly giving program aimed at supporting our staff, faculty, and Catholic faith formation. You can visit us at AveMaria.edu to learn more. Thank you for your continued support. And now let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Catholic Theology Show. Today, we are joined by Professor Mark Miravalli And we've been talking about Mariology, the theology of Mary, Mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, trying to rediscover both the kind of intellectual and also um, devotional aspect of Mary's motherhood, Mm -hmm. right? And how this is actually part of God's plan for renewing creation in Jesus Christ. Uh, So thanks again for being on our show.
0: My pleasure, Michael.
1: You know, I think uh, many people have probably uh, at least I know a lot of our students and other people have heard many of your you know talks on Mary you've you know lectured internationally on Mary uh, and so many different things would you maybe just tell us a little bit about how did you get interested in right devoting your you know your theological career hmm. to kind of helping people understand and appreciate, this aspect of theology right of, of the theology of mary
0: yeah I, I, there's not too much drama in mm-hmm. the process but okay. it was kind of an ongoing uh, kind of a journey of um just you know having a devotion to our lady but nothing i would say was extraordinary mm-hmm. uh, and and then um when i did my studies at the angelic overseas uh, i was doing a writing for national catholic registers individual articles and the fatima message uh, was very strong it, mm. it, it had this combination of what i would call a peaceful urgency to it that um you know these these prophecies that happened that we you know we could have avoided a second world war uh various nations uh to be annihilated which still has not technically happened we've had nations change their borders but not annihilation and and ultimately that god after you know that god you know wishes to establish devotion to my immaculate heart. Our lady says that right after she gives, you know, three little kids a vision of hell. Mm. Well, that's rather d- dramatic. Why would why would our lady scare, you know, mm-hmm. a, a seven, eight, and ten-year-old with a vision of hell? Because we need to hear it. And, and so when she said, God wishes to establish devotion to my immaculate heart, this is not a Marian ego trip, right? This is not the mother trying to ecclesiastically ladder climb. This is fulfilling God's mission to bring peace to the world. So that, mm-hmm. that struck me uh, you know, strongly. And uh, then I ended up uh, doing a doctoral dissertation on Medjugorje mm-hmm. uh, at, a, at an early time. And uh, I remember Father Jordan Alman, mm-hmm. uh, who was a well-known theologian, he was my director, and saying, look, I don't know this is a you know this is not yet an approved apparition can you do this he said well if you know if you bring in Lourdes and Fatima and and the fathers of the church and the second Vatican council so that's kind of the direction I went and then it came to a, a, a you know a point what which, which we've all had to do right with our theological careers where do we think perhaps we could serve best and and for me it was a a sense of general theology and and there was a you know a, a request for you know national speaking on Wonderful topics like the Eucharist and Trinity and things like that, yeah. or focusing more on Our Lady. And I just felt it was uh, my particular uh, call to try to focus on the mother because I mm-hmm. found that um, if people get the mother right, mm-hmm. they'll get Jesus right, mm-hmm. and they'll get the church right. Mm-hmm. And if they don't have the mother right, there will be a weak Christology and there could be a very dubious mm-hmm. ecclesiology. So uh, that that was You know the direction that I felt called uh, to to enter, uh, both in terms of theologically, but also in terms of kind of what our Lady is saying in in terms of the signs of the times and 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 Mm -hmm. and the remedy. You know, I I don't think that our Lady is just, you know, a statue in the corner. I mean, she certainly is represents Mm -hmm. in that sense, and that's fine. Candles, but. I believe she is the remedy, uh, not just something we do after we discover the remedy. I think she is the answer because God's given her that role, uh, in our critical
1: times. Yeah. And and I love the way that you, you connect that when we have that kind of proper understanding of Mary's role, uh, it helps us to understand the uniqueness of Jesus and the uniqueness of the church, right? That these in a way go together. It reminds me, I think, uh, you, you might know the story better than, than I do, but, uh, Fulton Sheen would one time tell the story of the, uh, I think, uh, anyway, a doctor was visiting a young boy who was in a hospital, in the Catholic hospital, and on the wall it had a picture of Mary. And uh, anyway, the doctor said, um, you know, like, what's that picture? And uh, the boy said, well, that's the Blessed Virgin Mary. And he said, you know, look, there's no difference between uh, the mother of Jesus and my mother. And uh, the boy uh, looked back at him and said, well, you know, you might be right, but there sure is a difference in the sons. (laughs) <laughs> you know, no. yeah, right, so right. it's like once we begin to really think right. about who Jesus Christ is as the god man the son of god who became the son of man so that the sons yeah. of men and daughters of men might become right the sons and daughters of god yeah. that when we discover that then it's you know then then it's a kind of affirm that as the church did in Ephesus in 431 that Mary is the mother of god Right. Not because she's divine, but because she was the, she gave birth in time to Jesus Christ, yeah. who is yeah. God and man, who is the, who is Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, in whom now has been assumed a human nature. I think we see over time is that when we, when we become shy of Mary in the church, we become shy of Jesus.
0: Yeah, Michael, uh. it is it's so very, very true. And you know, even Cardinal Ratzinger talked about the the decade without Mary mm-hmm. in the seventies. Yeah, not not because of the Council, but because of interpretations of the Council. Mm-hmm. And there was this new idea that no, uh, we, we got to pull back all that Marian stuff because it's going to take away from Jesus and the Eucharist, take away from liturgy. And uh, as Cardinal Ratzinger well said. It so hindered mm. love of Jesus in the Eucharist, yeah. and, and so hindered a proper appreciation of liturgy because mm. she is our example of how we receive mm-hmm. um, the Mass because yeah. she was at the first mm-hmm. uh, event of Calvary, right? She's she's there, and and even as you're talking too about you know the the, the Theotokos, the uh, the Mother of God. We could go on endlessly about the intimacy between mother and son mm-hmm. and realizing that her son is divine so it's it's like you know sometimes piously and and, and appropriately we'll take five minutes after we receive holy communion because jesus is in innocent mean, we're, we're a tabernacle right yeah. there in, in, mm-hmm. a, in a in a special eucharistic way well that was the situation for mary for nine months mm-hmm. she had Jesus Mm -hmm. in her for nine months. When you start immaculately conceived, Mm -hmm. and then you have nine months of Jesus in you, that's why the theologians have a tough time to talk about her degree of sanctity at the end of her earthly life. Mm -hmm. Uh, They talk about her initial fullness of grace, and then her Mm -hmm. maximum fullness of grace. So the intimacy between Jesus and and the mother is extraordinary, but it's supposed to spill over to us. We're Mm -hmm. supposed to see that when, when the Trinity's in our hearts, we're tabernacles too. When we receive Jesus, we're tabernacles too. There's a sanctity of our bodies uh, that has to be respected because we have Jesus in us. So it's never isolated. It's never the mother. That's why De Montfort says, you know, who's arguably the, the most enthusiastic, right? He says, without Jesus, Mary's less than an Adam
1: she's mm-hmm. nothing yeah.
0: uh-huh. so but with jesus now now we have something to honor she she is the human mm-hmm. race's solitary yeah. boat. Right.
1: and it's interesting if you think about the creed uh, say the apostles creed or the nicene creed uh version of it that we say at the every sunday of mass uh, or or the you know the apostles creed into which we're baptized uh it does write that is you know uh, you know conceived of the holy spirit born of the virgin mary so, right you know it's like That's very significant. And then also into the communion of saints. Mm -hmm. So it'd be strange if the communion of saints didn't include Jesus Christ and didn't include Mary. Right. So, so in a way, when we begin to exclude Mary, we begin to exclude the communion of saints, which means we're back within the competitive worldview and we're alone. Right. Uh, And we're in, and this is the idea of, of kind of this individualistic, understanding of salvation, which either is present in the church at times, really kind of erroneously, or in the culture, or the individualism that then falls into a kind of collectivism. You don't really see the dignity of each person. So because that but I think that communion of saints is really where we're recognized that it's like we're we're being drawn into ultimately the communion of the Holy Trinity. Mm -hmm. um, because if it's extension in Jesus Christ, and then again, if it's like, if it hasn't included Mary, then it won't include me. Right. Right. Um, Yep. And so I think, you know, maybe could you say a word now you've, you know, again, I mean, you've, you've lectured uh, and given talks, you know, countless times you've spoken to so many audiences and so many of our students. Are are there a couple questions that you tend to get from Catholics who maybe kind of are, you know, they, 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 they know something, you know, the, hail mary they know something but you know either the theology or the devotion just has not you know it 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 hasn't yet kind of caught on you know maybe Mm -hmm. they say the words what would you what do you hear from them and then how do you answer those questions
0: yeah well let me just bring up two cases if i can one is the fact that as we are less catechized as a church uh, there's a little bit more of a protestant disposition of saying jesus christ is the only mediator. Jesus Christ is the only redeemer, but that only is without any concept of how we have to cooperate and participate. Mm -hmm. And that's concerning, right? Because, again, you quoted Augustine, you know, God creates us without us, but it was his will not to save us without us. Human cooperation with grace is the foundation of the church. When that goes, guess what also goes? The church, Mm -hmm. right? Because... Then if I'm just saved, Michael, and you're just saved, then we can have a certain camaraderie because we're both saved, but we don't have church. Mm -hmm. We don't have the need for a sacramental life. It's already done and over. Mm -hmm. And I see that seeping into some less Mm -hmm. catechized Catholics that they've got to remember, oh no, we have to actively and freely cooperate with grace to obtain salvation and It's not like a potted plant that you you watered 20 years ago and expected to be still alive. It'll be dead if you haven't watered in 20 years. Mm -hmm. Our faith has to continue to be nourished. And and, and once again, that goes back to our ladies' cooperation as an example of our need Mm -hmm. to cooperate. So I I see kind of a a bit of a a lutheranization, if you will, Mm -hmm. of thinking it's happened, I'm saved, it's Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. without the critical, I mean, it's rather radical how much God the Father wants us involved. Mm-hmm. So we talk about being pro-life, right, or mm-hmm. co-creating, and we're okay with that, but what about co-sanctifying with the Spirit? Mm-hmm. Uh, what about yeah. co-redeeming with the Son? Mm-hmm. These are things we have to do. And so yeah. very basically, it's to remember that the mother's yes is a, uh, an imperative For all of us to continue, and so that's why if you deny Mary's participation, Mm -hmm. you, as you say, you're denying ours.
1: So the kind of that idea of like when Jesus says, "Take up your cross and follow me," in a way, Mary is the first one who takes up her cross and follows Jesus, right in the Seven Sorrows devotion. So, Right. right in that sense, salvation is an absolutely free gift. But we do have to receive it, right? Right. Completely. You know, we—it's—it yeah. it wouldn't make God's not going to do it against our will. No, right. Uh, right he right. somehow, yeah. Our, our will needs to be healed to cooperate by grace. But, but, but we do genuinely cooperate. Our li- I like C.S. Lewis and Mere Christianity at one point just says it's not a toy world. Yeah. It's not a toy world. It's not like it's not like we're we're faking it, and God's just moving us around like puppets.
0: Which is why we get punished, right? Uh, When we don't do it right, because that's part of our dignity of our freedom too.
1: Yeah, and we get healed by mercy. Mercy fills it up in us, so we begin to learn a little bit how to love better. Right, right. Right. Uh, Not that we ever get to the point in which we do not need right God's mercy and God's forgiveness, but God's mercy and forgiveness is transformative. Right,
0: and the second yeah. question is typically mm-hmm. about marrying consecration
1: oh, so even okay. faithful
0: who are there will say okay I, I just don't get this about giving myself to Mary mm-hmm. uh, I have a great relationship with Jesus why mm-hmm. would I have to give myself to Mary and so you know you've got the examples of the de Montforts and the Saint Maximin and Colby's and the answer is essentially again this is a family and mm-hmm. so it's Jesus who says from Calvary that the uh, as a gift of great price, Behold your mother. That's not just an invitation. It's a type of theological statement. It's, it's ecce, it's, it's behold, it's, an, it's ude, it's, a, it's an action okay. uh, statement. Mm-hmm. And so how do we best respond? Well, John Paul says, imitate John. Mm-hmm. What does John do? John takes Mary into his home. But in the Greek, there's no word for home. It's it's into his own. Home is what we add to try to finish it, but it's better oh. if we left mm-hmm. it. So into my own means into my interior life, into my spiritual life. Take Mary into my Mm -hmm. life as a mother I can trust. And when you take a good Jewish mother into your home, she's going to clean up. And she's going to put things in order in a good way. So the consecration is a no-lose situation. Mm -hmm. With consecration, you're basically saying, I want Our Lady's full intercession as the Mm mediatrix of all graces, to keep me true to my baptismal promises. Yeah. And so if your concern is being true to baptismal promises, why would you not want the mother's full intercession? But going back to what you said, she's not going to force herself mm-hmm. anywhere. And so consecration mm-hmm. is just yeah. saying to Our Lady, yes, I want the full power of your maternal intercession to keep me true to my baptismal promises to Jesus.
1: So where's the loss? Yeah, and there's a richer language today sometimes and people who want to uh, find friends that will help keep them accountable. Um, I mean, whether or not this is even just, you know, goals for exercising or something mm-hmm. else, right? We kind of like this sort of element. We naturally want to put our goals in a somewhat public arena so that they're seen. But of course, this can also just, you know, feed our pride and, and other mm-hmm. elements. Uh, but in a way, what what you're suggesting here is that this consecration to Mary, and it's fascinating because right, John is alone among the 12 apostles, who's at the foot of the cross Mm -hmm. it's because he's somewhat with mary that he's with jesus and the rest of the apostles who boasted and said better things i think it was thomas said let us go die with you and um peter says uh you know they'll all deny you i will not deny you Mm um they were Like in a way, it's an act of humility to recognize I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I not only need God's help, but I need the help of others. I need the help of the church. I need the help of friends, mentors. And right, I need the help of the best mentor, right? The best friend. And who would be that? Well, it would be Mary, right? Mm -hmm. Mary's the one that I could kind of ask Jesus, Jesus, whom do you want me to? taken to my own Mm. to be my mother. And of course, it doesn't mean we also don't take Peter as our shepherd, right? Right. So we have Mary as our mother. We have Peter as our shepherd, right? Jesus is our Lord, right? And uh, this is that beautiful uh, line, right? You know, ad jesum cum petro uh, per Maria, right? Mm -hmm. You know, to Jesus with Peter through Mary. This is the wholeness. But I like that idea of saying, in a way to reject consecration, to direct, reject devotion to Mary is to kind of have that sense in which I'm actually falling back into the trap of Adam and Eve thinking that I can do it on my own or that when I, um, when I sin, right? It's like Adam and Eve in a way, you know, if only they had simply said almost immediately thrown themselves at the mercy, right? Of God, we don't know, but there's a certain sense in which how, you know, that, that that's really that sense in which I am on my own too weak to even Love Jesus as I ought. So, Mary, help me love Him. So, maybe mm-hmm. could you say uh, just a, you know, for maybe people who are interested in considering consecration, what like what does that word even mean? We don't really even use it very often in in contemporary English. Right.
0: Yeah. The, the Greek word is anaphemanoi, and and the uh, the Latin word is consecrate. It, it really means to set aside for sacred use. okay. And so when you're consecrating yourself, you're literally saying, I am setting myself aside to be true to my baptismal promises in any way our Lord wants me to, mm-hmm. but I'm giving myself to Our Lady so she can do that. I mean, Pope Francis, who, as you know, is, has, a, has a real concern about ecumenical unis, very mm-hmm. much, but he has he has maybe five times now said, the Christian without Mary is an orphan. That's a strong statement. Mm -hmm. And what he's really trying to say is, Jesus wants you to have his mother. How do you know? Mm -hmm. Because he's so so at Calvary. It's his ultimate Mm -hmm. gift. And so, with giving ourselves to the mother, we're allowing her to intercede in ways she can't do unless we've given her our fiat, ironically, right? We have Mm -hmm. to say yes to her so she can fully say, you know, bring us to say yes to him. I mean, you know, Michael, it's fascinating. In the 7th in and 8th century, you had different forms of Marian consecration. You have Edophonsus of Toledo saying, I want to be the handmaid of the handmaid of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you have St. John Damascene saying, I consecrate to you, Mother of God, my mind, my heart, my soul, all that I am. That's 8th century consecration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So these are not idolatries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is yeah. part of the family. It's part mm-hmm. of the covenant. What family would say, you know, you're going to get dad upset if you love mom too much. Mm-hmm. That would be dysfunctional. Yeah. Let's not bring dysfunction into the mm-hmm. church.
1: Yeah. You know? and, and I one of the things I think some of the consecrations also when you read them and pray them and make them, you see very clearly that you're consecrating yourself to God. And in a way, to God alone, because mm-hmm. God alone is the ultimate one. And then you're really just, when you consecrate yourself to Mary, you're saying, I'm going to go through you to God. So again, mm-hmm. it's this certain sense in which the world that God created has truly been created. And the world that God redeemed is truly real. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. when right, when God chooses Mary, Mary's really chosen. Right. And therefore, I can rely on her as a creature, even though I'm in a way only relying on God. And it's just one little uh, interesting thing is, uh thomas aquinas when he talks about how jesus sometimes is spoken of as the only begotten son of god and at other times spoken of as the firstborn mm-hmm. of many mm-hmm. and he says well he's the only one insofar as he's the only one who is the actual son of god but on the other hand he's the firstborn of many because god wants to make us all sons of god and that's mm-hmm. so he says scripture uses both to ex- describe that and i think in a lot of ways that shows to the same notion of say the only, you know, mediators you were describing uh, so helpfully. So mm. maybe if we can, as we start to kind of begin to, you know, close up this episode, uh, would you just say in, in very brief, I understand, you know, you teach a whole course on this, you uh, have written many books on these topics, but when a student remembers your class five years from now, mm. you know, what's, what's one uh, understanding in a way that you hope they would still have?
0: Well, I, I would pray it would be, At least two in heart. One is they understand what the church means when they call Our Lady the Mm Co-Redemptrix. That they understand that's not competitive, the hellish, but it's it's participatory. But secondly, uh, that they're still praying the beads. Mm -hmm. That it doesn't just it's not just a head thing. If if they're not praying the rosary, um, uh, I failed. Uh, I missed the boat because. The head stuff is for the heart stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what's going to bring them intimacy with Jesus yeah. is pondering, you know, the, the face of Jesus mm-hmm. through Mary's heart. So that, that would yeah, be my yeah. prayer. And one. it's
1: interesting too, if you think about the rosary even, right, you have the apostles creed into the faith of which we are baptized. You have the, our father, which is Jesus teaching and the hail Mary is really right. You know, first the angels gave greeting of uh, Mary and then Elizabeth's mm-hmm. biblical recording of right. Who am I that the mother of my Lord? are you know are blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb jesus and then who am i that the mother of my lord and that shows up in you know holy mary mother of god so it's really a biblical biblical words and biblical and even the glory be is of course all over book of revelation what what do what do creatures what were creatures meant to do simply say glory be to the holy trinity so uh, i want to ask you three other just brief questions so what's a book you're reading?
0: I'm actually reading a manuscript that's going to be published by Emmaus mm-hmm. Road Press. It's a, a woman who did her dissertation on um, the uh, events of Our Lady at the Second Vatican Council, and she's actually gone through for three years and and uh, given a translation to the audio tapes they had of many of the sessions mm-hmm. of the Theological Commission. It's, it's ah. fascinating uh, of what was intended at the council mm-hmm. and how John Paul II confirm the appropriate spirit of vatican II regarding
1: our lady wow that that's that's really sounds uh, wonderful uh secondly uh what's a spiritual practice uh that you do that helps you to draw closer to
0: well my default is adoration i'm Mm just finding the older i get the more adoration i need so Mm -hmm. um i'm you know they said john paul would make 18 to 24 visits a day now, of course, if he spent holy hours each time, he wouldn't have any time to be pope. But uh, no. just trying mm-hmm. to not make it such a big thing. Thanks be to God, we have access to uh, you know our Eucharistic Jesus. But just yeah. uh, m- more numerous, quicker uh, trips to adoration mm-hmm. daily. That's
1: Beautiful, thank yeah. you. And finally, what's a what's an understanding or belief uh, that you held about God and His plan uh, that you discovered to be really incorrect or false, unhelpful, and what did you what was the truth you discovered?
0: Well, I think uh, in the early days, just a little bit more emphasis on the justice, and mm-hmm. now just how you you have to, in in words we can't even express, uh, try to testify to the infinite mercy. Mm-hmm. It's 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 ubiquitous, and it's all sustaining. And so, when in doubt, always default to the mercy.
1: Great. Well, well, thank you for that closing uh, uh, mm-hmm. exhortation to remember and recall and deepen our appreciation of God's mercy. Thank you so much, Professor Miravalli, Mark Miravalli, who uh, holds the Bloom Chair of Mariology at Ave Maria, also teaches at Franciscan University. For those who are interested, uh, this book, Meet Your Mother, A Brief Introduction to Mary by Mark Miravalli is available from the Augustine Institute Marian Press. And again, thank you so much for being on our show today. Real,
0: real pleasure. Thank you, Michael. God bless.
1: Thank you so much for joining us for this podcast. If you like this episode, please rate and review it on your favorite podcast app to help others find the show. And if you want to take the next step, please consider joining our Annunciation Circle so we can continue to bring you more free content. We'll see you next time on The Catholic Theology Show.